Well, our, uh, our government, the United States government, has a fiscal year, as they think of spending money, that goes from October 1st through the end of September. And the idea is that the U.S. Congress passes a series of bills that set the budget for each upcoming fiscal year. Now, the last time they, they did that, by October 1st, in order to have a clear budget for the coming year, was actually, I think, 1996, so it's been a little while. Um, you see, our government struggles to budget. Our government also struggles to live on a budget. This last year, the federal government collected about $5 trillion in revenue, and uh, they unfortunately spent closer to $6.5 trillion, which leaves a deficit that's real big. Um, so our government struggles both to establish a budget and to live under or function with that budget. Now, it's easy for us to be critical and hard on our government for, for that. Obviously, it's a complicated thing to get people to agree on, on those realities. But the, the, the truth is we, too, can struggle both to budget, to, to make a plan for how we want to use the, thing, the resources God's given us, or if we have a budget, we can struggle to live on that budget. And so we want to think about that tonight uh, because one of the most important tools to help us be good stewards of God's money is a budget. Now, there's not a chapter and verse that says thou shalt have a budget or thou shalt live with a budget. We, we laid the foundation for how to think biblically about finance uh, a couple of weeks ago. If you weren't here for that, I encourage you to go back and listen, because we were reminded of the fact that God is ultimately the one who owns everything. He's the owner of all things, including the money and possessions that we have. But he has entrusted those to us as a steward to use as he desires and as he has called us to. We want to be faithful in that way. And, and part of that faithfulness is the intentionality to say, OK, we're not just going to do whatever, whenever. But we want to be thoughtful in how we use the things that God has given to us. And so tonight we want to focus on that question of to spend or not to spend, of, of how to think about decisions that we make relative to finance. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have a budget, to develop one. And we'll talk about why and how that can be helpful. If you do, I just want to spur you on in that way and hopefully encourage you with with thinking a, a little more proactively and biblically as you consider those things. When we think of a, of a budget or a spending plan, we simply mean a plan for how your family is going to use the resources, the money that God has entrusted to you. And, and I hope tonight that you will first embrace the commitment to a budget. You will say, we want to have a budget. Now, there's a lot of flexibility in what that looks like. We'll talk more about that. But it's important for us to have a plan of how we're going to use what God has given us for a number of reasons. The first I already mentioned is to be a good steward of God's money. Luke 16, 10 and 11 says, Whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? We, we looked at that last time and we're reminded that as a faithful steward, we should both follow God's priorities for the use of his money, recognizing we don't get to decide 
how we use it. God shapes how we think about using those things, and we should be careful. We should want to manage it well. You know, when, when you think of our government spending and taking the money that you have earned and a portion of that as taxes, and you see them spending it in ways that may seem frivolous or unnecessary, how do you feel? Well, you feel like, hey, they're wasting, wasting our money. Um, and that's God is the one who owns everything, and we don't want to be frivolous in wasting the things that he has entrusted to us. So a budget helps us to be a good, careful, faithful steward of God's money, to think intentionally about what we are doing and why. It's also helpful, secondly, to avoid the enslavement of debt. We also talked about this last time. We looked at some of the biblical warnings about money, specifically related to our hearts, that we, we shouldn't serve money or love money or trust money. But we also looked at the warning about incurring unwise debt. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. You see, when we are in debt, we no longer have the freedom to choose how are we going to use the money that God's given us. We have already made that decision, and, and we are going to uh, be forced to, to pay that back. Much debt comes simply from ignorant spending, from spending without thinking about what you can afford, you know, especially with credit cards and the, the ease of spending without thinking. It's easy to just inadvertently spend more than we should on a variety of things and, and get in trouble. How many times have, have we been surprised when you receive your, your credit card statement or, or when you check to see how things are going on your your credit card app or those things to see the balance of what you have spent without thinking. A lot of debt also comes from impulse spending, from just spur-of-the-moment decisions that are significant ones and have longer-term financial consequences. You know, you've got some time to kill on a, on a Saturday, and, and so you stop in a furniture store and you end up buying something that was great, but you didn't need and couldn't afford, and now you're, you own it and you're paying on it for a long period of time. Impulse spending can, can be a huge contributor to uh, un, unwise debt. So a budget or a spending plan is, is one of the most important tools to keep you from debt and, and also to help you escape from that. If you currently have a significant amount of debt and you are working to get out of that, a budget is a tool to help you have a plan for how to do that. A budget is also important, thirdly, to promote harmony in your marriage. To promote harmony in your marriage. You know, there's a number of issues that are common for spouses to argue about, but at the top of most lists for most people is arguing about money. So much conflict in marriage relates to money. You know, that, that question, you, you know, you bought what? <laughs> you know, the, the, the box comes from Amazon. You're like, what did we order? Uh, you know, in that way, we, there, there's conflict and tension that comes relative to money. Now, your, your family dynamics may be different than, uh, than others in terms of where that tension comes from or how that conflict comes. You know, I think generally guys tend to, to be that impulse buying big things. You know, 
they come home with a, a, a new TV or a new car or whatever, uh, kind of without, without necessarily having thought it through. Gals tend to be lots of little things that may be different for you. But a budget is communicating ahead of time. So the reality is it's really hard as a couple to talk over every financial decision that you need to make. Think about it. The wife's in the grocery store. She's deciding what she's going to purchase uh, to, to take home and, and have groceries for the week. You know, does she need to FaceTime with you to say, hey, I'm making a decision here. Um, you know, do we get the brand name Cheerios or do we get the little, little uh, you know, generic ones? It's about a 75 cent difference. What do you think? I want us to be on the same page here. You know, that's not f- practical for life. You can't jointly make every financial decision in the moment but you can talk ahead of time and have a big picture plan that allows you both to function within the, uh, the constraints of that communication so that you are agreeing on every purchase and you are able to work together to manage your finances well. Let's think not simply about the commitment to a budget, about why it's helpful, uh, but let's think about then the components of a budget. What is a budget? Now, probably... Everyone in this room, in some context, has, has done something with a budget. Maybe you did that when you were single. Maybe you've done that recently when you were married. Maybe you had to put one together in pre-marriage counseling, or you took a, a consumer finance class back in high school, or in your job, you function with a budget. So most of you are probably familiar with a budget, but I just want to remind you of the component parts and what the Bible says about them. The first part of a budget is income. How much money do you have to work with? And as we said last time, the primary source of income in the Bible is work. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10 says, For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order, If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. We were created to work. God made us to to work. Work is not a result of the fall. Work, feeling like work, is more a result of the fall. But God made us to be busy and proactive, to do things and to be productive. We are called to work hard and we're called to do that with integrity. 2 Thessalonians uh, 3, just before the verse I read, says this, nor do we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. This is Paul talking about himself, but with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. Paul said, even in the midst of ministry for him, he, he was working and he was, was doing so not because he, it wouldn't be right for him to be paid, it would have been, but because he, in that context especially, wanted to be an example for them. He wanted them to see this is a good thing, and this is the normal way that God provides is through work. So the normal way God provides income is through you working hard and reaping the benefits of that work. That means the primary way to change the amount of income that you have is is going to relate to your work. Either you're going to do more of it or you're going to find something different to do. And that can be a a reasonable thing to consider as you're working on your budget long term. So your spending plan should include all the income 
you receive the salary, wages, interest, other things that could be a source of income. But that's what we, uh, what we are, are starting from in our, our budget. Now, it should also include any income from both the husband and the wife. One, one of the things that's very destructive in a marriage is when husbands and wives start thinking about my money and your money and, and, and creating a, a context where we're not unified in viewing that as our money. Now, obviously, one spouse is probably making more money than the other. You know, in, in most marriages, that's, that's the husband, uh, but it may not be. And, and there's a, 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 a temptation to think about, okay, I earned this money, therefore I have more say over this money in whatever context that is. And the reality is we are one in marriage. And so we need to not think about his budget and her budget as much as we need to think about our budget and the income that God has given us. So you cannot have an effective spending plan without knowing how much you have to spend. It starts there. But it's primarily then about, secondly, our expenses. How are we going to use the money that God has given us? And our expenses, it's helpful, I think, to think of them in two categories. The first is regular monthly expenses. Things that you spend money on pretty much every month with a relative consistency. So you might think of things like food. How many of you guys like to eat every month? Yes, that's a helpful thing. So every month you spend money on food. That may be at the grocery store buying food that you're going to make at home. It may be at in and out on the way to somewhere else or eating out in other places. You... Every month, typically, pay rent or mortgage to have a place to live. In that place you live, you pay utilities that are are part of having that place function. You might have a cell phone bill that's due every month. You might have other entertainment type things, the subscriptions that you do every month, or things you like to do every month. You have household items that you need. You may not always buy them every month, but the stuff you use routinely, toilet paper and laundry detergent and all those things that you use consistently. You probably put gas in your car every month. You might buy some clothing most months. You may have a car or other debt payment most months. Hopefully, giving is a regular part of how you're using your money. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Or saving for retirement or other long-term goals in a consistent way. You have some expenses that every month are pretty much the same or have the potential to be pretty much the same. Those need to be a part of your budget. But you also, secondly, have irregular periodic expenses. Irregular periodic expenses. And I would suggest to you that these are the ones for most of us that torpedo our budget. It's like, oh, we've got our budget and, and we can pay our mortgage and and buy our food and pay our utility bills, but then something comes up that we don't do every month, and it's like, now we're in trouble. Many of those things are things that shouldn't surprise us, but they do. So things like uh, maybe an an insurance bill that you you get charged every six months or, or once a year. Things like car maintenance, like 
Like your car registration. How often do you have to register your car? Well, you have to do it every year. You know, or tires for your car. Do, do you really expect that, hey, my tires will last forever. I trust that God will just continue to add tread to my tires, you know, over, over time, you know, in his goodness. No, th- those things are going to happen. We, we don't know how much some of those things will be. Your car will break in different ways at different times with different levels of expense. But there are many things that we, we have periodically to spend money on. And if we think about them ahead of time, we can anticipate a lot of those things. Now, as I mentioned, I think typically the regular monthly expenses are easier to budget for than the periodic ones, but both are things that we can be thinking about as we plan a budget. Now, I I didn't give you tonight a a worksheet with budget categories to fill in. I thought about it, and I looked at a bunch of different ones. Um, But if if you have not thought about a budget much, I would encourage you to go online, and there's a bunch of different things you can pull that will give you categories to think through with your spending as you are compiling a budget. But those, those categories need to fit you. You know, some people have really detailed budgets. Like, okay, we've got a line item for toilet paper, and this is how much it averages out to a month, and when we buy toilet paper, this is what it's coming out of. You may have a more general category of things like stuff we use in the house. That's like toilet paper and detergent, or consumable things, things that we're, they're not going to, you know, not curtains that we hang on the wall, but all the stuff we keep using up in our house. Or maybe you say, you know what, we always buy that stuff at Costco with our groceries, so we have a Costco budget. Or however you think of those things, um, it's got to work for you. For Christy and I, I think, you know, we've got something like 12 or 14 main categories that have some subcategories in, in them as well. But it's got to fit how you think and how your wife thinks or your husband thinks so that together you can function in that way. So we need to think about our income, the money that's coming in, and we need to think about our expenses, the money that is coming out. And those two things uh, we need to, uh, to, to plan based around such that we are not spending more than what we are bringing in. That's what leads to debt. And as I mentioned earlier, our national government is a wonderful example of how to accumulate debt because you spend more than you bring in. So how then do we create a budget? We have our income and our expenses. What's that process? Well, it needs to be created first based on income earned. As I mentioned, we don't want to plan to spend more then we are bringing in. That leads to long-term accumulation of debt. Now, ideally, I would suggest that you work to, if possible, basing your budget for this month off the income that you earned last month. Lots of people live, um, and, and some have no other choice, but live paycheck to paycheck. And there's a stress that comes from wondering, oh, Is this going to come due before we have the money for that? If you can plan long term to work to the point where it's like, okay, whatever money we earned in January, we're going to spend that money in February. We know it's there. It's ready for us. The, The timing of things doesn't matter. We don't have to worry as much about that. 
that can be a huge help to not being stressed about your finances and to being able to function well and adjust as you need to based upon changes in your income. Again, this isn't uh, always possible and may take a while to work towards, but you want to create a budget based on your income earned. Some of you have real regular income. You get paid the same day and the same amount uh, every couple weeks or once a month or whatever that is, and you know what your income is going to be. Some of you, that income varies quite a bit month to month for various reasons. And in those cases especially, it's helpful to say, okay, we're going to see what we made this month and plan towards that next month so that we're able to, uh, um, able to navigate those income changes. So build a budget based on income earned. And second, based on God's priorities. You see, a budget is not primarily your wish list. It's not primarily about, you know, hey, you pick one thing that you want to spend money on. I pick one thing I want to spend money on and we'll just keep going until we're out of money. No, it's based on God's priorities. What are God's priorities as you think about building a budget? The first is simply providing your family's needs. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy 5 is talking about widows and how the church is to care for widows and in being intentional in that way. But the first line of defense for widows is not the church, it's their family. Chapter 5, verse 8 says, If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The principle is that God expects us to be faithful, to work, to provide the needs that our family has. Now, obviously, there are, are times where, uh, despite our best efforts, we have need, and, and the church or others can help in that way, and that's a huge blessing. But the normal goal is that we are providing for our family's needs. Now, notice it's needs, not once. You know, Paul highlights some of what that is, defines that for us over in chapter 6, verse 8. When he says, uh, pick up in verse 6, he says, Godliness is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, so we can take nothing out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. He says the standard of what we need is food and covering. Clothing that covers our body and shelter that covers us and, and protects us from the elements. That's what we need. Now we could potentially add transportation to that list in, in our day and age. You can't go outside and, and uh, you know, most of us don't live on a, on a farm where all our food is right there. We'd have to go somewhere. And, and so that's something that is, is important. But those have to be our priorities. Doesn't mean steak and eating out all the time. Doesn't mean a, you know, a five bedroom house with a a game room and pool doesn't mean a low mileage SUV, but it does mean we need to provide the basic necessities for our family. So when you build a budget, that's where you should start is, hey, what do we need as the basics for food and for covering for transportation to be able to work and those priorities? A second priority biblically is paying back debt. Psalm 37, 21 says, the wicked borrows and does not pay back, 
but the righteous is gracious and gives. It says the wicked borrow, and they don't really care about paying it back. They hope they just get whatever they, they got and don't have to pay for it. The clear implication, the righteous are, are faithful in that. And ideally, they're not taking on debt, but they're in a position to be gracious and generous with others because they're managing their finances in that way. This should make us wary of taking on debt, but it should also make us diligent to seek to pay back the debt that we do have, prioritizing that in our budget. So if we have to choose between something we want and meeting an obligation that we have to someone else, we choose we want to meet the obligation we have to someone else. We want to be faithful to pay back what we have borrowed and what we owe. Now I encourage you to think intentionally about this you may be in a situation where all you can do is pay back what you owe at the at a minimum level but especially if you have uh, a lot of credit card debt or or other high interest debt that's not uh, what we talked about last time that's that has is for something of value like your home and and you're trying to pay that off quickly I encourage you to uh, to use what's sometimes called the snowball method of paying back debt. So, so pay off one and then add that amount to another. And then when you've paid that off, add that to another. So you're building a big snowball of what you're paying back and, and you're able to tackle that more efficiently. How do you decide which one you want to pay back first? So you're making the minimum payments on everything, but you're choosing to say, hey, we want to pay more on something so that we will pay that off faster. I think there's two things you could consider. One is the, the highest interest rate, if it's significantly different. If you're paying 20% interest on one debt and 4% on another, it makes a lot of sense to pay back the 20% first so that you are getting out from under that significant interest rate. If they're similar, pay back the smallest debt first so you can be done with it. And you can add that to, to, to another debt and, and continue to work on that. So God says you need to provide for your family's needs. You need to be committed to paying back debt. And, and he says we need to be committed to giving to others as well. We saw that just briefly in, in that Psalm 37, 21, that the wicked borrows and does not pay back. But what is true? The righteous. The righteous is gracious and gives. See, our goal and our hope should be not only to manage our finances so we have the things that we want, but to manage our finances so that we have more income than expenses and we can be generous. And we'll, Chip will talk more about that uh, next time we meet in March, about what the Scriptures say about giving generously. Why, why do I put that after paying back debt? What if you say, well, man, I, I want to be really generous and, and sometimes I'm overly generous and then I can't pay back my debt. Well, really, you've given away someone else's money if, if that's the case. And so we have to be careful. That's one of the joys of getting out of debt is having more opportunity to be generous towards others. One of the things that should cause us to be careful not to take on more financial commitments than are manageable for us because there's great joy in giving, great joy in being able to bless others in that way. And then a fourth priority is saving for the future. We'll consider this more in a future session as well. Proverbs 21.20 says, There's precious treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man swallows it up. This is not 
hoarding, as Jesus warns against, this is being intentional to recognize that, that God provides for us sometimes ahead of time, and we can be intentional in how we think about that. God has given us those priorities for us, and so as we fill out a, a budget, we want to think in those ways. Now, those are not the only things that can show up in your budget. There's plenty of opportunity to do things that are, are not strictly a need. God has told us that he's created the world uh, richly for us to enjoy. There are many good gifts that go beyond what we need. And part of what we want to think about in, in our budget is how we use God's resources as a faithful steward. That doesn't mean God doesn't want you to do anything you would ever enjoy. But we do want to be thoughtful about the priorities he's given, including things like giving and, and saving and not simply spending everything as we would desire. So start with those categories. Work through putting in what you, uh, th those priorities as you start with your budget. So how do you put in numbers for those things? Well, see based on past expenses. We create a budget based on past expenses. At our first meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I assigned you to track your spending. If you've been doing that, you have a better idea of how much you'll spend on certain things in the month of March coming up. If you've not tracked your expenses, you can throw a dart and guess. You can talk to somebody else. You can think real hard about how much everything costs and try. But tracking your expenses gives you a reasonable target for the future. You know, it's one thing to say we want to spend 300 bucks on groceries. It's another thing to realize, well, we spent, you know, $900 on groceries last month and the month before and the month before, so 300 is probably not reasonable. We might could cut that down to 700 if we're intentional, but we, we've got to be realistic and thoughtful. So plan based on past expenses, and, and as you begin to budget, if you've not done this, you need to be flexible. You need to be willing to adjust as you realize what is more realistic. Fourth, Plan your budget based on expected expenses, based on things you anticipate. This is where some of that long-term planning for things that are not regular come up. My guess is most of you spend more on gifts in like November and December with Christmas than you do in February, unless you've just got a lot of birthdays or something in February. And so we need to think about what's coming up and plan that. That's one reason why thinking of a monthly budget, but a monthly budget that may change each month. You may choose not to do something in December so you can spend more on Christmas gifts than you otherwise would at a different time. And your budget should be based, fifthly, on good communication with your spouse, talking through things and the priorities. If you say, you know what, I'm going to budget $300 a month for golf, but no, we can't afford for you to get a manicure every month, that's, that's going to be a difficult reality in your family, and you're not going to have the unity and joy and buy-in of those things. Again, if you're just starting, I'd suggest having a monthly meeting or two with your spouse to discuss the next month's budget and possibly where you are, not so you can beat each other up over the mistakes you've made, but so that you can encourage each other as you seek to move forward. Well, lastly, what are the challenges of a budget? Let me give you two briefly. The first challenge of a budget, I think, is simply keeping track of current spending. It's real great to have a budget. <laughs> It's only helpful, though, if it affects the decisions that you make over the course of a month. Now, you may get good enough at budgeting, and you know how much you spend that you don't have to do this forever because you just basically always do kind of the same thing. That's okay. But 
Tracking your current spending so you can make decisions is very helpful. Do you buy the, the steak for dinner or the, uh, you know, something that's, that's not quite as expensive? Well, that is helpful if you know how, where you are relative your, to your budget. So first, make use of tools. There's a lot of tools out there in your small group. You can talk about different ones that you may have used. If you Google best budgeting apps, you can find a bunch of different ones and look through those and see what might work well for you. And it's also helpful to stay relatively current. When Christy and I first started to budget, there weren't a lot of apps and we didn't have smartphones. And so we had a spreadsheet and we collected receipts and I didn't always do a great job putting those receipts in. And so we'd spend money for a big chunk of the month and maybe week three, I'd put in the receipts and I'd, I'd be able to go to Christy and say, well, good news, we're totally out of money and we're $100 over most of our categories. That's not helpful. That doesn't help us to make decisions. That's like, oh, bummer. But if you stay relatively current, <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are able to, to adjust and things. And part of that for us was we weren't being realistic. We, we, and I wasn't listening to Christy. And, and so there are other issues there. But not staying current means, yeah, we, we're just doing whatever and then we're going to be surprised. So staying current is very helpful and some apps will help with that. But the second challenge is simply being content with what you can afford. Why do most of us not like a budget? Why do most of us not live in a budget? It's because we want stuff. And we think we need it, and we justify why it's so life-changing when it's probably not. Turn to Philippians chapter 4 as we, as we close. We want to cultivate gratitude, not covetousness. Um, we want to be content. Love what Paul says in Philippians 4. He says... Verse 10, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you've revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. He says you, you actually are helping to provide for me and, I'm, and encouraging me and I'm thankful. He says, not that I speak from want. I, I don't say thank you for the gifts that you've sent me because I, I'm in desperate need. For why? I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstances, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That verse is not chiefly about making fuel goals at the last second. That verse is about contentment. That God enables us to be content. And Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in, whether I have little or whether I have a lot, the key is to be content with what the Lord has given. You will be able to live on a budget if you cultivate gratitude and contentment. If you do not, you will struggle. Because there's always something else you could get. Always something else you could want. But if we say God is good and He's given me what I need and what is best for me, and He's only given us so much money... And we want to use that faithfully, and we want to be content and thankful for what he's given us. Doesn't mean we can't say, hey, let's look at a job change to have more or other things. But whatever we have right now is enough. And we are thankful and content, and we are eager to use that well 
and a budget is a huge help to that end. So we're going to go to our small groups. There's some discussion questions that you can talk through together. Encourage you to be as, as practical and helpful as you can. And, then, and also on your sheet there are some practical financial assignments. Let me encourage you to do two things. One is to track three things. Track your spending for the rest of February. If you haven't started yet, do it for a week and see how, how that goes and, and adjust from there. And then create an initial budget for March. Start with March 1st. Come up with a, a budget for your family. If this is the first time, expect it to be wrong, but do the best you can. And then agree on a tool for tracking your budget in March. And again, you can talk more about options in your small group or uh, happy to, uh, happy to in interact more after if you have questions to that end. So let's pray and we'll go to our groups. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to consider these things together. Thank you for your word and for the, the instruction it gives. Lord, as we think about budgeting, we know that it's really the application of biblical principles. It's not things that we have to do in a certain way, uh, but we want to be wise stewards, and we're thankful that these are helpful tools to uh, enable us to do that well. Lord, we, we want to be content. We want to be faithful. We want to provide well for the needs of our family. We want to be generous and, and, and be able to bless others and we pray that you would help us to that end. In Christ's name, amen.